Welcome to our online broadcast for the 6th of September 2020. I'm so offended. Get me out of here. Roger and I'm the pastor of the church just behind me. Last week if you tuned into our online broadcast you may well be aware that we were thinking of the whole subject of anger. Those kind of things that uh, that rile us uh, to a greater or lesser degree but we're also thinking about some more uh, significant things that do make us feel let's say, more than uncomfortable when they come to the surface. And sometimes we can be quite surprised at how intense our feelings are of anger that come to the surface. Of course, there is such a thing as righteous anger, and Jesus demonstrated that. But last week we were thinking about the more unhealthy kind of anger and how maybe we could be maybe a little bit more constructive to think about that when such feelings come to the surface. But what about if it's a person and what they've said or maybe how we've been treated so we feel quite offended? What then? How should we respond then? Can there be a better way? That is our subject for this week. Welcome to Dorchester Community Church. Of course, when we think even about that word, subject, it may well be that, like me, you think about subjects at school. I don't know if you had a special subject that you were good at, or maybe something that was your least favourite. I can think of more that were in my least favourite category as opposed to my favourite. Of course, PE and games, well, I don't suppose we ought to count that. Apart from that, well, French, actually. I had a really good French teacher. Things that I wasn't so good at on my least favourite list, well, stuff like um, geography, got ungraded for that. Science uh, came 82nd out of 82 people that did an exam. And then I guess there was when I did my A-levels and first test that we had that was supposed to be quite simple, 22%, are you serious about this? And I put no at the bottom of the paper and never returned. Hmm. Well, there you go. That's just something about maybe some of my least favourite subjects. But when we think about subjects, we think of school. And of course, it's a very, very big week for schools, isn't it, this week? One of our members is a teacher. And we thought it would be useful to see how they were feeling just before schools went back this week. I had a chat with Jo. And this is how she was uh, saying that she was feeling. Hi, okay, I've got Jo here with me. Now, Jo, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks, Roger. That's great. Now, tell us a little bit about your summer. How's things been going for you? Um, good. Um, I'm, I'm a teacher, so I've just been on uh, summer holidays at the moment. Um, I decided not to really go away as such with all the restrictions and concerns around that, so I've just been enjoying the local area recent, really. Um, went out kayaking and been snorkelling with my mum recently, so that was fun. Fantastic. I'm not going to ask whether or not you went anywhere near Dirtle Door. Uh, so you, you said you're a teacher. Now, obviously, next week you're going back to school. Loads of changes we're hearing about, lots of stuff on telly about, about school. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling? How's other staff feeling? Uh, and how are you thinking that's going to work out? Um, mixed, really. It, it'll be so good to get back and, and see the children. So I'm going to be getting, I've teacher one, so I'm going to be getting a group that have missed a lot of reception. So that's going to be really interesting um, in terms of knowing where to start with these kids. Um, like, yeah, we're just going to have to work out where they're at and meet them, where they're at and try and bring them bring them to that point but then there's um the other concern is sort of all the obviously all the restrictions um and what we are allowed to do and we're just still sort of working working through that really it's um, the unknown, and what that yeah. mean it's the unknown yeah so in terms yeah. of year one that's kids who've run about age six five, yeah five to six so how on earth do you get a five or six year old to social distance I mean, it must be impossible yeah i went i went back for about five weeks in july and i had a group of reception and year one children and they were on the whole really good in the classroom in a small group 
But honestly, having a larger group, I don't know. I don't know whether how um, whether they'll necessarily have to distance yeah. within that group. I'm not sure what the rule will be with that yet. So, for yourself as a Christian, where, how did your faith kick into facing the unknown and the handing it over to God? What does that really mean for, for yourself? Yeah, um, sure. Yeah, definitely handing it over to God, like you said. It's, um, I think it's bringing it to Him in prayer, really. When you're, when I'm worried about, um, go, yeah, what the restrictions will be, going back to school or any of the anything else surrounding it, it's yeah, remembering God is in control. Yeah. You've got to sort of stop, <laughs> take it to Him in prayer, ask Him to. Well, He is in control, but it's sort of to almost to remind you that He's in control yeah. and just to, yeah, to take care of it all, to know that He's going to look after you in it. That's really good. Well, trust that that's going to be your experience. We'll have yeah. to contact you in a few weeks' time and see if you're still breathing and how things are going. Thanks ever so much, Joe. That's okay. really helpful. Bye. Bye. It's good to hear from Joe some of her thoughts about what it would feel like in going back. We'll find out maybe next week how she got on and how things are working out in schools. Of course, whilst we're thinking about the subject of schools and that sense of a bit of big week, be good to pray for the work of our teachers, etc., etc. And Glenn, who's one of our leaders here, is going to lead us in a time of prayer right now. Hi. As I thought about what to pray for this week, I was reminded of the fact that all the children and young people are going back to school. And so I want to give this time of prayer to that and everything that surrounds it. It's a huge thing for our young people. They've been not going to school, or most of them have not been going to school for over six months now. Some of them may have started at the end of last week, but still they need our prayers. So let's pray. Father God, we pray for our young people and children. We pray that you would bless them, that they might settle in quickly after six months of no school, and that they would feel safe and secure, and that they would be able to have fun, as well as the learning that they need. We lift them up to you, Lord Jesus. Amen. And we think about the teachers and the staff that make schools work. We ask, Lord, that you would give them strength, that you'd give them energy, that you'd give them everything they need over these coming weeks as they work really hard to help our young people settle in. Lord, give them everything they need. We thank you for them, Lord. We thank you for these people. And we pray that you would Bless them and protect them in this time. Amen. And we think about that protection. Lord, we lift them all up to you. We lift our children, we lift our young people, we lift the teachers and the staff and everything that makes schools work up to you because they need your help in this time. We're thinking about... Um, what's happened and, and the risk of people getting ill from going back to school. Lord, we pray that you would put your arms around them, that you bring protection, that you'd be merciful over all these people and the families around them, Lord Jesus. I pray that, that there will be no spike because of it, but that will be a supernatural protection. Father, we ask this in your precious, precious name. Amen. Posts were removed because someone took offence. I walked into my job late last week when my co-workers all began to freak. They started cursing and began to shout and said quite rudely as the boss threw me out. You need a mask. I need a COVID mask. A COVID mask. It seemed a lot to ask. To wear a mask. To do a simple task. Put on a mask. I need a 
COVID mask made it mandatory almost every place that we can't be seen unless we hide our face. I can't even leave my humble abode without something covering my mouth and nose. We need a mask. We need a COVID mask. A COVID mask. It seems a lot to us. To wear a mask. Can't even mow my grass. Without a mask. Without a COVID mask, this mask wearing isn't fun. And the snitching has now begun. My neighbor called the hotline because my dog wasn't wearing one. Walking through the mall, a woman's voice did ring. Seems she was troubled by just one thing. She pointed to the door, shook her fist, and said, What are you trying to do, you jerk? Make everybody sick? Forgot his mask. Forgot my COVID mask. COVID mask. Nobody gets a pass. That stupid mask. Can't even pump my gas. Without a mask. Without a COVID mask. I'm home. I need to come in and get my mask. Don't get in the house, Mommy. He's been wearing his mask. No mask, no entry. Sorry. But, honey. You should have taken it with you. You're not getting in this house. I changed the lock. How very day. Some of you will know that. Remember that? Monster Mash by Bobby Boris Pickett and the Crypt Kickers. There you go. I think I got that bit right. Well, the poor guy obviously seems to be offended others as well as feeling offended himself about this lack of wearing a Covid mask. Important message. And of course, songs do bear within them very often. Important messages. Well, as well as songs bearing important messages, that's always true indeed, of worship songs, where our focus ought to be on God alone. And of course, if it's on God alone and not on what's buzzing around in our heads, if we can get that focus right, then there's probably going to be a lot more chance that we're not going to end up being offended ourselves. So, we're going to worship God in song right now. This is a song that focuses on the goodness of God. Let's worship. Of the goodness of God. 
darkness is running out, it's running out for me. With my life laid down, I'm surrendering love. I give you everything. Your goodness is running out, it's running out for me. Your goodness is running out, it's running out for me. Your goodness is running out.
I feel like I probably have offended people. And um, as much as I like to think I'm pretty easygoing, when I started to think about times, again, that people might have offended me, I did definitely find a number. So the first story I'm going to tell you is about when I was on a, a gap year between university and also between school and university. I went to Romania and I spent some time doing some voluntary work out there. Um, I was part of a church, a really wonderful, lovely church, actually a Hungarian church in Romania. Anyway, um, I was invited around to uh, lunch at one of the families from church um, and as a teenager I was quite fussy about food and anyway when I arrived they um, they showed me into the dining room and sat me down at the table and customary in um, the Romanian culture is that if you have guests for lunch uh, the families stay in the kitchen and the uh, the guest eats food um, and then whatever is left the family will eat and anyway, they brought out this most enormous platter of food and it was a kind of huge pile of what I think was mashed potato with some sort of slightly unidentifiable meat all the way around the edges of it and lots of pickled gherkins um, and I sort of looked at it and really thought I wasn't going to be able to manage any of it and I did my best and I you know I did eat a fair amount of what was served because I knew that was polite um, even though it was really a big struggle anyway um when the family came to take the food for them to then eat, I could tell that they were basically just very disappointed with the amount of food that I'd managed to eat. And I was really worried because I think they, yeah, I was worried I'd offended them because it was obviously them showing huge hospitality and kindness to me. And I really had done my best. Um, another story about when I've been offended. So my name's Claire. And when I was a little girl, I used to remind people that I was called Claire without the I. Um, and people spell my name wrong all the time. They always put an I in it. And it doesn't really bother me, to be honest. I've kind of learned about um, dealing with that in my uh, adult life. However, not long ago, I received a card from my father. Um, my dad, you know, he's been my dad for nearly 40 years now. Um, and he spelled my name wrong. He put an I in my name. And I was really bothered by it. It caused quite, um, caused quite a ruckus uh, because he's not particularly forgetful about other things. And perhaps he was a little bit distracted. But anyway, I was genuinely offended that my dad had forgotten how to spell my name. Now moving on to today's readings. The first is from Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. Jesus visits Mary and Martha. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. And the next reading is from John chapter 12. A woman anoints Jesus with perfume. Six days before the Passover, Jesus arrived at Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honour. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of perfume. But one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. Thank you very much, Claire, for reading. And I know Claire's had a busy week this week, so I hope you've got through your week all okay, Claire. You know, there are four ways that we can be offended. Maybe it's what other people say to us, 
also people ever seem to hear in their lives are those cutting or very abrasive words. Sarcastic people can cut us to pieces, can't they, with their tongue, and we can feel so offended, offended by that. Or maybe it's what others don't say to us. We could be offended because we don't feel appreciated. No one ever says thank you or compliments you uh, for the effort or values what you do. And again, we can feel offended as a result. Maybe it's what others did to us, how we've been treated, actions that deeply hurt us. And we're so offended that anyone could have acted in that kind of way towards us. Of course, if that's someone who claims to be a Christian, well, that's even harder to receive, isn't it? Also, it's very sad. Or maybe it's what people did not do for us. Nothing's been done and we were left isolated or ignored and we felt let down and hurt. But what does it mean to be offended? Well, I spoke to Roger Collins and he shed some light on the meaning of that word offence. Listen to what Roger shares by way of an illustration. Have you ever been offended? What I mean by offended is have you ever been upset by some words that people have said? You've taken them on board, you've harboured them, and you're perhaps holding a grudge against that person or persons. The word offence in the Greek language is scandalon. Basically, scandalon is the stick that sets the trap. And if I remove that stick, the trap is set. And that's what happens when someone is offended. It's like taking that stick away and setting in a trap. A trap in the cycle of anger, bitterness, revenge, jealousy, and all unwholesome fruit. Jesus said, we will be offended in this world. Offense is not the problem. The problem is how we deal with it. So, don't get caught in a trap. Don't set the trap. Don't trip the trap. Thanks, Roger. It's often a lot easier to remember a point, isn't it, when we see something tangibly and physically in front of us. So thanks ever so much, Roger, for that. That was really helpful. So what can then happen when we feel offended? Well, here are some of the signs that maybe we have been offended, firstly. Maybe that we've been withdrawing from relationships or from a relationship. And that includes, sometimes, for some people, our withdrawing from the church because we felt aggrieved at something that's been said or done. Maybe it's our sense of resenting someone or our not trusting people. Or maybe a sense of becoming rebellious or a lot more critical, even if it's something we're feeling on the inside. And maybe we need to think as well about times where there could be extended times of unanswered prayer. The Bible speaks to us frequently about the importance of our forgiving one another. And that lack of forgiveness can act as a hindrance to our prayer being answered. So, there's lots of things that we can look out for as we look in the mirror. Take a look at this. Halloween costume restrictions and Starbucks cups and... Have you guys seen the stupid things that people are getting offended at recently? Yeah, it's pretty stupid. I mean, can't society just take a chill pill? Whatever you say. I mean, like, everything on the news now is somebody getting offended by something. Everyone's such a wuss nugget. A what? Yeah, a wuss nugget. Yeah. A wuss nugget? I don't think that's a thing. You know, one of my favorite quotes is by Abraham Lincoln, and he said, You should be too big to take offense and too noble to get it. I feel like everyone in this country should start living more by that and know that their beliefs shouldn't be able to be pushed around by some one comment, you know? Their beliefs are stronger than that. You are better than that. And... Sorry, I just thought we could turn it into a song. Well, we are now going to sing a song. Uh, so now may well be a good time for ourselves to just ponder and reflect as to whether or not we've been feeling offended ourselves. You may well want to reflect on what we've already been saying. The Apostle Paul encouraged us and when he wrote to that church in Corinth to examine ourselves. That's an important thing for us to do. But I wonder whether or not we ever do that in regards to whether or not we're carrying an offence. It's a good thing to do. 
So maybe take a little bit of time out. Even pause this broadcast if you want to. And then bring those feelings, if you've got any, that you sense are maybe not God or a little bit unhealthy. Bring them to God as we seek to worship. As our focus is then lifted upwards to God. That can help us deal with any of those unhealthy emotions that can so often sadly come to the surface.
with that by the time you finish with me. No, no, I'm sorry. I've been misinformed. I've made a mistake. I'll do something else. I think I'll be a traffic warden. <laughs> I can't force you to donate your blood, but it's a great shame. Your read be negative. <laughs> Is that bad? <laughs> no. Your Reese is positive. Reese's? They're monkeys, aren't they? <laughs> what are you implying? I didn't come here to be insulted by a legalised vampire. Well, that made me laugh, and maybe you can remember some of Hancock's half hour back in the 60s. Does look very dated, doesn't it, with the black and white-ness uh, of it all. But there we go. Now, Tony Hancock, who sadly is no longer here, one of, one of his most famous sketches was that blood donor sketch. And albeit through the use of, of humour, it does highlight, doesn't it, how, how quickly somebody can take offence. Well, back now to God's Word and to that passage, or those two passages, that Claire read to us from Luke's and then John's uh, Gospel. You know, when Martha complained uh, to Jesus about Mary uh, on his first visit to Bethany, Mary could have taken offence, been offended by her sister. But there's no indication that she felt that way. She certainly didn't verbalise anything in that regard. She could have also taken offence when Judas and the disciples protested against her, her act of extravagant worship. But again, there's no indication that she actually did that uh, at all. But let's not uh, kind of misunderstand or underestimate uh, the, the sense of the pain that Mary must have felt about being criticised in either of those two different scenarios. And not just by her enemies, or it wasn't actually at all by her enemies. Once she was offended or potentially could have felt offended by her sister, and then on another occasion by her fellow followers of Jesus. Sometimes, sadly, it's those who are closest to us who can indeed be the most hurtful. And that is when it's really, really hard to deal with, isn't it? In both cases, Mary never even opened her mouth to defend herself or, indeed, her actions. In silence, she entrusted the matter to her Lord. And in both instances, Jesus rose to her defence. Maybe there's something, even in that regard, that we can ourselves seek to entrust that which we've heard or that which we've uh, felt on the inside and just to leave that with God alone. Frank Viola was author of a book called God's Favourite Place on Earth. And he offers several, I think, really helpful insights about our being offended. Firstly, you know, people will always sometimes offend you. There will be times where some people will likely to undermine, misunderstand or offend you because we simply live in a fallen world. Sometimes a person's going to do that with malicious intent. Other times, well, they would have hurt you maybe even without realising it. And that's important for us to recognise the disciples didn't seem to disagree with what Judas said, but they didn't exactly act that supportively to Mary either. And that must have hurt her. Well, we've also got that issue of when we're offended, maybe our spiritual uh, maturity is then revealed. You know, we discover how real, I think, our relationship Jesus is when our feelings get hurt. Because we've got two choices, haven't we, in terms of of dealing with our feelings then. Either we deal with it as an adult and as a Christian adult, preferably before God, or that sense of carrying up a woe is me, getting bitter and seeking to get vindictive or destroy others or they mean yeah, like this to, to people in and around us. That's far from helpful. Mary seemed to have the capacity to simply leave these matters in the hands of Jesus. What about you? What about me? How did we respond the last time we were offended? We can, of course, sometimes become offended when we read too much into people's words or actions. Frank Viola goes on to say, at one point, Christians are the most easily offended people in the world when we should be the least. Well, there's 
a challenge, particularly if you're coming from a Christian uh, standpoint this morning. Let's not jump to hasty conclusions. Let's maybe seek to ask someone else if they feel that we're being oversensitive and looking uh, for things that are maybe not there at all. Whilst Mary appeared to be badly mistreated on those two occasions that we read about, she didn't choose to take an offence. What we do when offended is a choice that we make. It's always a choice. We could choose to be offended and make a friend out of our hurt, couldn't we? That then leads to bitterness, which, if allowed to live, will then prove very destructive to our own spirit. Or maybe we could tell somebody else about it and involve them in the hope that they will actually side with us and maybe even sort of hate for us. That gets us off the hook. Or maybe, just maybe, we can choose to bring our hurt to God. Possibly then seeking a means of involving the other person with whom we felt has hurt us. That's an important thing for us to do. Far more constructive, biblical to. But we'll just mention in that last regard, that's very different when it comes to something that's an abusive situation and that needs to be treated as such. You know, we can live <coughs> free from being offended. This doesn't mean to say that we're going to never be hurt, doesn't even mean to say that we're going to ever not be angry. Of course we are. We're human beings. We're made up of that kind of fleshly stuff and that means that we're sort of uh, potentially going to have a whole array of emotions and not all of those are always going to be positive. I wonder if you've ever seen elephants tied up at the circus and they're held in place by a little chain around the ankle fastened to, to the ground by a small stake, something that probably you or I could simply pull out. Well, why doesn't the elephant? Well, it goes back to when those elephants were really very, very small. They were trained to stay in one place by having a huge heavy chain back then and a stake securely fastened. Every time that little one would try to pull away, it couldn't. It was uh, then sort of, uh, uh, it was uh, securely held in, in place. Soon that baby elephant becomes convinced that no matter how hard they try, they'll never be able to dislodge the stake. So that's what it then has learned. It's become learned behavior. The reality, of course, is that, elef that that elephant, when it becomes a fully grown elephant, does have the capacity to break free. How we respond to our being a friend offended can be exactly the same as that chain. There is one who wants us to remain chained to that sense of our feeling offended and to hold on to that. But God wants to set us free. Here's a helpful verse from the Psalms for us to hold on to. Psalm 119 verse 165 reads, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Now freedom is of course what we each of us should want. Freedom is also worth Celebrating. So there's a bit of a cue for our celebrations. Okay, so what are we going to be celebrating this week? Well, firstly, we've got the celebration that's certainly due for Caroline's two sons, Andy and, jo and John. You'll see uh, some pics of them having completed their 135 mile hike along the Cornwall section of the South West Coastal Pass. So two chocolates exactly the same. We need to trick these guys uh, together exactly equally, don't we, I think. They've raised a significant amount of money for cancer research. So well done, guys. Both uh, your grandmothers, I know, uh, had, have had cancer. So what a brilliant thing uh, to do in that regard. Of course, when we are out of the bay, not everything goes exactly as we would plan. Look what happened to poor Sue. Out on her bike for a nice cycle ride with her sister. Sue, tell us what on earth happened to you? My back wheel slipped on some sand and the next thing I knew I was down in the gorse bush. 
Painful or what? It certainly looks pretty painful. Are you okay now? Yes, thank you. Oh, what a relief that is. Well, I think definitely a chocolate is going to be on its way to you, Sue, as well. Brilliant. Okay, now some birthdays. Well, on Tuesday, we've got the birthday of David Herring's sister, Ruth. So, Ruth, a happy birthday to you. On Thursday, it's the birthday of Eddie Hughes. So, Eddie, a happy birthday to you too. And on Sunday, one of our members who may well even be our, uh, the member who's been a member longest, I think now, it's the birthday of Chris Gilman. So, Chris, have a happy birthday on Sunday. There you go. That's a chocolate for you. And that, indeed, is all of our celebrations for this week. This is one of the puppets. Pray for people that offend us as well as people that are kind to us. 
So if you think at school someone's not said something nice or not done something nice, then you could pray for them and pray that God will change them and make them do nice things. So each night when you do your prayers at bedtime, you can pick one out of here, close your eyes, pick one out, and say, right, tonight we're praying for, and you choose the person on that card. And I hope that you all have a go at making a a prayer pot. And we'll see you soon. Bye. What a great idea to make your own prayer pot. Why don't you do that this week? And if you're really pleased with what you've done, send a picture of it in. We'd love to see how you got on with that. So thank you very much, Francis and Laura, for showing us how to make one. And well done, Rupert, for the way you filmed that clip as well. That was brilliant. You know, Jesus implies in Luke chapter 17 that we will become offended at some point. And where we are, the the offence can become, if we're not careful, some form of stumbling block. We may well withdraw from the person uh, concerned. And if needed, wouldn't maybe even reach out to them to help that particular person because they have offended us at some point in the past. And although maybe other people might see us as being justified in behaving like that and not reaching out to them, well, why should you? Because they did such and such to you. You know, that's just not ever God's way. In James chapter 4 and verse 17, we read there, Therefore to the one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is a sin. James is saying, you know, if we know the right thing to do and then we choose to not do it, well, that's just wrong. We've crossed over into sin. That's what happens when we become offended. It changes, or can change, how we would normally respond to situations and can make us susceptible to then sinning. And that sense of letting God down is not what any of us really wants. After Jesus said that there will be offences that will come, He said that we should always be ready to forgive, even if it happens up to seven times a day. And then in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 18, verses 15 and 16, he then goes one step further. First he says, go to the person, talk to them. Well, some of us may well find that quite difficult. But you know, that person concerned may well not even realise that they've offended us. Talking it over, talking the issues over, can help resolve misunderstandings, frustration, even our hidden anger. We might use that phrase, seek to nip it in the bud. Well, that might not be a Bible verse, but it kind of is a very helpful summary of others that indeed are. There's a useful verse that we get in Paul's writing to the church at Philippi, Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 to 11. Listen to these words. This is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best, and may be pure and blameless until the day of Jesus Christ. Give yourself time. Here's another translation of that verse in Philippians. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offence until the day of Christ. That's a real challenge to us, isn't it? Before we conclude, here's a final song. It's an older hymn, and it's called What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Everything to God in prayer 
As we've already thought about, one of the best things maybe we could do is take any sense of a flesh <coughs> to God in prayer. I'm in a living democracy, but I never want to be offended again. Well, you're an idiot. How do you make a law about offending people? How do you make it an offence to offend people? Being offended is subjective. It has everything to do with you as an individual or a collective or a group or a society or a community. Your moral conditioning, your religious beliefs, what offends me may not offend you. And you want to make laws about this? I'm offended when I see boy bands. So there we go. We've been thinking about, I'm so offended. Get me out of here. Here's a few things by way of summary that we can maybe take away with us. Each of us, me included. Firstly, maybe really importantly, let's seek to give these issues to God. To talk to Him about them instead of talking to somebody else. Secondly, make a decision quickly to not seek somebody else's revenge or revenge rather upon somebody else. Thirdly, it says in Ephesians about not giving the enemy a foothold. Sometimes when we're offended we can give him an entire runway. Let's not do that. Fourthly, Let's seek to respond in a biblical way when we are offended. And that means us actually going to the person to seek to engage and have a conversation. Always better face-to-face than through text or email. Fifthly, let's make sure we are a people who are really committed to seeking to forgive one another. That's always a way that's going to pave the way for freedom, as well as our own sense of forgiveness as well. And lastly, and maybe more, most positively and fruitfully of all, to even pray for the individual who has indeed offended you. And if I've offended any of you, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to. I think that's about it for me. I'm off. Bye. Don't be offended. So there we go. That's this week's broadcast. Hope that you enjoyed that. If you would uh, like to find out more information about the church, do get in, ju- in touch by phoning 01305 267171. Or you can obviously yourself or encourage somebody else, if you're passing this on, to encourage them to actually click on to our church website at www.dorchestercommunitychurch.org. Dot uk of course you could well pass this 
this audio onto a friend or family member if you think that would be appropriate for them. Let's get the word out. Let's make sure we're people who are not offended. I'm so offended. Get me out of here. Hopefully, by God's grace and with his help, he'll be enable, he'll enable us to do just that. Thanks for joining us. God bless. Bye-bye.